In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. What I love about Shopify is basically how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. I know we use Shopify here at Betches, and honestly, anyone with any kind of business could really benefit from Shopify. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash betches, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash betches now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash betches. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate. From the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. This is your Tuesday edition. I hope everybody, did everybody have a good Monday? It was busy. 
It was a busy for you. Okay, good. We're on the same page. Well, now it is Tuesday. Wasn't yesterday's great with Sophie Ross? I'm so glad she will be joining us on Monday. And Sophie, I'm going to get into this in a sec, but Sophie went viral yesterday on Twitter with the Kylie Jenner tweet that we were talking about with her donation scandal. So much so that Kylie Jenner had to finally respond because everything was getting too much attention. I I I want to, I'm going to take a little credit for that. Sure. Yeah. That's so bad. It's good nation right there shining the light on but Sophie was great in fact I was I was texting with her earlier and she was saying she had to turn off notifications on her phone because if you're getting like 45,000 likes on something your phone I mean I just imagine it would electrocute you at a, at, a, at a certain point you guys you guys know I'm dieting it's going good the weight is dripping off very slowly what a horrible word dripping um but I wanted to say, I so I got triggered. This is why you don't go on Instagram late at night. Um, I was I was going through the stories. Let me paint the picture. I had had some vegetables and a nice little piece of ahi tuna. Um, so, you know, I was full. I was full. I was in, full of healthy stuff. And then I'm flipping. And all of a sudden, I flip on this girl. She is eating. I didn't even know this was a thing. I don't think it is a thing. I think she invented it. She was eating out of a cream cheese jar and she was throwing in chocolate chips. Chocolate chips in a cream cheese tub. Is this a thing? Like this why didn't I know about this during quarantine? The thing is this you know and when I really think about it, I don't even think I like that flavor combination. But now I'm just like the audacity, the audacity to put those together. Like what? I need to find out more about that girl. Like also, I, I can't stop thinking about it. I can't stop thinking about cream cheese and chocolate chips now. And I'm telling you guys, these aren't even two of my like, quote unquote, naughty foods. But like, are, is everybody going around eating cream cheese and chocolate chips? Am I the last person to know about this? Anyways, it blew me away and I cannot stop thinking about it. Like I'm, I'm talking to you guys right now and really my heart and my mind is right in that cream cheese jar. Does that ever happen to you guys where you just sit there and you'll just think about a, a certain object, a certain like food item or like a drink? Oof. Anyways, uh, I am so happy to be talking with you again today. We have a great guest. For all you Bra uh, Bravo lovers, um, Sarah Galley, if you don't know Sarah, you, you know, you're about to, but I know you know her because she has an amazing podcast um, and a, a great person. It's called Andy's Girls. You guys know this podcast, right? If you don't, go because it is it is just really amazing, all full of all the Bravo stuff we love. And she has like really great conversations um, that we talk about during the interview. But really, this is a Bravo fan it's like a dream pod. Like I, I always love those ones where it's like, we just go all around the world with Bravo, uh, past Bravo. She's talking about watching old episodes of Beverly Hills. We get into the real world homecoming a little bit. We get into summer house. Of course we get into Jersey. We get into women's history month. There is so much stuff covered and I, I'm guaranteeing you like at least eight belly laughs, eight whole belly laugh. So you got that coming up. And before then, I want to do a little bit of the Bailey mail. And the Bailey mail is just usually pop culture items. Um, you know, most of them taken from the Daily Mail, and I've just transferred the name to Bailey from Daily. It's don't call me a genius. Thank you. I appreciate it. But don't. Yeah, it's it's a team effort. Um, so I started with a with a mashup of Taylor Swift and uh, Demi Lovato. Now, 
I'm not, I'm neither here nor there with Demi Lovato, but what I, what I will say is Heart Attack, that song, that is a bop and a half. And I unabashedly love Heart Attack by Demi Lovato. It makes me want to be a better man. It makes me want to run faster. Uh, it makes it, it's like, it makes me want to lift weights. I don't know. It makes, it makes me want to fall in love in a very fun, upbeat way. But um, I brought that up because I was, you guys know that I love CBS Sunday morning, right? It's like my little Sunday morning routine with coffee. And I just watch my stories, my CBS Sunday morning. It's very chill. Um, but Demi Lovato, she was one of the uh, the segments. And her YouTube series uh, debuts today, Tuesday, on YouTube. It is called uh, running with the devil, which, or no, sorry, dancing with the devil. Uh, you always know it's <laughs> you're something you're going to hear a, a bad story if the devil's involved. And unfortunately, I think this is going to be the case with Demi as well, because it'll be covering her, um, you know, her relapse overdose that led to heart attacks and strokes. Um, and she is back on her feet, but there was like, this is, and I don't want to be uh, extremely judgmental, but something worries me is that Demi is calling herself Callie so sober, Callie sober, or like California sober. And what California sober means, it means you smoke a little weed. Hey, why not? I smoke a little weed. I'm Callie sober, which is just kind of, you know, it's like we should stop naming things from California after the California rolled with sushi and after Hotel California by the Eagles. Like, we don't need to do Cali sober. We can just be like, I smoke weed, you know? But anyways, this is from uh, TMZ kind of uh, put together the uh, CBS Sunday morning interview with all the revelations. And she admitted, I didn't control any of my life at that period of time at the relapse. But yes, I also needed to grow up and take control. The singer says it's really only in the only in the last two years that she's changed that. Demi adds, I'm now in control of my finances. I'm now in control of the food that I eat, how often I work out. Demi said things got so bad with her food intake. Every time she was in a hotel room, her phone was taken away from her so she wouldn't order room service. Oh, this is now reminding me of the cream cheese and chocolate chips again. Great. Um, she also opened up a little bit about her recovery. And, interest, and interestingly, she says she's what they call California sober. Demi didn't dig into what that means and explained why she didn't want to say. But that's a phrase that commonly means someone who uses a little marijuana. Uh, but also I'm hearing she drinks a little bit, too. Um, TMZ says, as we reported, um, Demi told the interviewer, she was about five to 10 minutes from death after her 2018 overdose, which, uh, she had heart attacks and strokes from, uh, I did a story on Demi last week about her sexuality. Um, you know, she is identifying more as queer, but still not putting a label on things. Um, and her documentary is coming out and I got to say, guys, I don't want to be judgmental, California sober or whatever, but man, I worry about Demi Lovato. It is not time for her to come back. I feel like she does something like this every couple of years. And I just, I mean, remember when she was dating that douchebag that she got engaged to Max Eric over the summer. And then he like had the paparazzi follow him to the beach where uh, he proposed to her. And he sat there in a meditative stance and let the paparazzi snap him. Like the girl doesn't make good decisions. And the thing is, we all don't make good decisions. I make horrible decisions. The difference is my documentary isn't premiering on YouTube tomorrow. There is no pressure for me to go out on tour. There is no pressure for me to release a new album. 
and I don't know, and I, she's managed by Scooter Braun, and I don't know what the F Scooter, first off, his name's Scooter, so who knows, but I don't know what the fuck Mr. Braun thinks he's doing to even, like, consider pushing her back in a state of doing interviews to even have to say things like Callie Sober, because I'm not any sort of addict specialist, but when I hear somebody that almost died from drugs and alcohol, and they're like, I smoke a little weed, I don't know, that that is am i am i completely off base here should i shut the you know like i don't know so anyways i just wanted to draw your attention to that if you didn't and also i'm going to watch the documentary it seems i'm very interested in it but i i know it's possibly going to make me very sad so we're going to have to keep an eye on that uh so bad it's good news uh we will we'll, we'll keep you updated as always um okay what else oh you guys i got a lot of dms today leah mcsweeney she um she posted an Instagram photo and it, uh, how do you, I, how do you describe this? This is like a orange haired Jessica rabbit. Like I, I, let's see here. It's like a pink dress. Um, she, you can see half of each boob. It's got a wide V, but like even a wide, it, lo- it looks like a, it's like a very wide V. Um, damn it. Still thinking about cream cheese and chocolate chip no um she has red hair um big silver earrings white nails her leg one leg is showing some skin a lot of skin actually and i so at first i was like whoa because it's like a bright neon pink dress but now i think i'm i think i'm liking it and you guys know if you if you're if you're og so bad it's goodies um you know how much me and Leah kind of had a thing on the podcast for a while. We, you know, she didn't know it, but we had committed to each other. And um, so to see this, I'm, I'm very happy and excited for her new look. Somebody said this is potentially for the um, the opening of the show, which I'm like, whoa, this is going to be her holding an apple in this outfit. There's no way. But I do have an exciting announcement, and we will be covering this on Wednesday's show. The Real Housewives of New York new season, the trailer drops today. When you're listening to this, the trailer will already have dropped, so we will be dissecting the trailer on Wednesday's show. Uh, I'm very, very excited to see what they've got in store. My prediction is we get some Martin Snow, her boxing instructor. We've seen them film scenes. We introduce two new girls. We'll see a fight with Ramona and uh, coronavirus again. We will see Sonia um, uh, probably getting sloppy drunk at some point and uh, maybe sleeping with a couple people. We'll see Luann go through a hard time because she's not able to perform cabaret. Um, I don't know. I think that's what we got. Uh, that's what I'm guessing. What do you guys think? We'll see tomorrow and we'll, we'll figure it out. But that's exciting. I don't know if I'm prepared for it. It's crazy that we're now like a year. We've done this whole coronavirus thing for a year to the fact that now we're like oh my god we're doing another season of new york because then that means beverly hills is right behind it so anyways all in all very exciting that we get the trailer i'm uh always excited to see that and it'll be the trailers no matter how the season is is always good so i am very very excited for this um okay what else oh guys craig Craig Conover, remember? Conover Law Firm, which I said last week, I couldn't tell if it was a prank or not, um, but Craig actually followed Conover Law Firm, so I I guess it's real. But then today, Craig posted in his new law office. He had just signed the papers for his law office. Conover Law is official. So this guy is going to be crazy as hell. 
Like, also, would you? Oh my God, we need to see a reboot of My Cousin Vinny, but it's My Cousin Craig about a metrosexual that goes down like into the deep boonies somewhere. I don't know. So it's just an idea. I'm just throwing that out there. But um, I'm proud of Craig. But at the same time, I'm like, Pillow King, what my, my king of pillows, please don't shirk the pillow business. Please don't split yourself into 10 different directions. Pillows need you, Craig. Like, <laughs> I, you know what? I'm just a little confused, but I'm willing to go there. But also, we know that Craig is also opening a brick and mortar on the same street as Leva's restaurant, Republic, in Charleston. So it just seems like he's got so many irons in the fire. And I guess that's kind of like the spirit you have when you're coming out of quarantine. I'm just worried. Also, Sierra left a comment on this saying something about, oh, my lawyer, my my injury lawyer is very cute. So some people were like, whoa, is Sierra not dating Austin and she's dating Craig? Did Craig break up with his girlfriend, Natalie? I don't believe they broke up. Um, I think I think a lot of cast members do shit like this to throw off the scent. And Craig is one of those guys that's good looking. He's probably told he's good looking 150 times a day by women. Like, I don't think that means anything that Sierra commented on that, but I know it did get brought to my attention. And I, of course, needed to share my thoughts with you guys. <laughs> Um, okay, what else? Oh, you guys, Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson, this mother humper. And I know I've been uh I know I've been told not to um speak about Pete Davidson in a, in a negative light. Uh but I'm going to. Um this guy needs to just take a year off from the ladies. So just recently today, this is in the Daily Mail. Pete David, you guys know the show that I I I vowed to never watch that Bridgerton the, uh, the horny version of The Crown. Um, so this is the headline. Bridgerton star Phoebe Dinever has grown close. The quote is grown close. Like, grown close. If everybody... Grown close. Should I say that about somebody I date? I, we're, we've grown close. To Ariana Grande's ex, Pete Davidson, after he flies from New York to her hometown. Also, subtle shade by the Daily Mail. You always got to give it up when they say to Ariana Grande's ex and not to SNL cast member Pete Davidson. Instead, Ariana Grande's ex, after he flies from New York to her hometown. You guys, her hometown is in greater Manchester. So that is, that is, that is, that is, that, correct me if I'm wrong, that's a different country. This is why Saturday Night, Saturday Night Live shouldn't have weeks off. This guy is intercontinental hooking up with girls. And I'm just, I've, I've had enough. Pete, you need to work on yourself, my man. And stop. You're going to be, you just ruined a string of girls. And I know I'm going to get flack for this, but you did. Um, let's see. Ooh, this is a good one. You guys, can you believe this? Daily Mail, and she's got to be thrilled she's in here. We had a Kelly Ben Simone story in the Daily Mail today. Of course, Kelly, one of the, uh, one of the most amazing, uh, cast members of Real Housewives of New York. She's also known for, um, eating candy in Scary Island and running, uh, around the streets of New York looking like a California raisin. So this is the headline, you guys. Very exciting. And it says, exclusive. Roni alum Kelly Ben Simone, 52, kisses on-again beau Nick Stefanov. 42 dot 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 12 years after she was arrested for assaulting him really great into that headline that was a that was a killer 
killer last sentence. So it says, Kelly Benzimon was recently spotted in New York City with her on again. Okay, the two showed that their love has persevered throughout their tumultuous history. Does it really show persevered? Or does it show bad judgment? Like, what is it? When do you call it persevering? And when do you call it dumb? You know, like, so Kelly Bensimone, just to remind you, was arrested in 2009 for an assault arrest for allegedly punching Stefanov in the face. Could you imagine getting popped by Kelly Bensimone? Anyway, so if you guys want to see, there's like photos in the Daily Mail of her. Uh, he's like, he's pushed her up against a wall and he's kissing her face. And he's one of those guys that has both hands on either side of her cheeks. So he's like, it's like, it's like her head's a giant pimple and he's squeezing it. And I know they must think this is erotic, but to me, from like a 20 foot away angle, it's disturbing. Um, let me know what you guys think. But um, they are both wearing masks, not while they're kissing, but you can see it around their ears. They both push them down. She's a little smiling. Um, Kelly Bensimone is just wild. She is kind of like, she's like the Jay Leno or Andy Dick of New York. Like if you live in Los Angeles, at some point you're going to see Jay Leno in denim driving one of his like old classic cars. Like I've, I've seen Jay Leno. I, I got to say like 30 times just driving around over the course of my stay in Los Angeles, Andy Dick as well. But Andy Dick has usually been drunk, but I mean, I imagine Kelly Ben Simone is like that in New York. Like everybody has seen Kelly Ben Simone. Like, Oh yeah. The lady that runs in front of cabs. It's like a more, um, casual contempo gray gardens you know it's like if gray gardens was in manhattan like kelly is one of those girls um anyways i just thought that was kind of an exciting little daily mail headline that i was like oh good good for you guys um okay let's end before we get to our guest sarah and i i know you guys are gonna love this interview my last news item. So this is the Kylie Jenner thing. So Sophie Ross, our Monday guest, um, she we talked for like a good 20 minutes on the pod on Monday about this. But basically, Kylie Jenner uh, donated $5,000 to a GoFundMe, attached her name for one of her makeup artists, supposedly. And a lot of people were like, you didn't even it was like 10,000. You couldn't do the 10,000. So I'm trying to find uh, Sophie. And by the way, Sophie went just as hard today on Kylie. So Sophie yesterday tweeted on Sunday, I hope this Kylie Jenner situation makes it very clear that when the Kardashians act like they, quote, donate behind the scenes and, quote, do good that we don't see, it's simply not true. They don't donate shit, I promise. That family isn't isn't seeing heaven. Bible. Which is a pretty, that's a pretty intense tweet. And I said that to Sophia on Sunday. And it got 51,000 likes, uh, like 6,000 retweets. Really crazy. So, but not only her, everybody was hopping on Kylie because it was kind of like, fuck, like why put your name on it at all? Or why not just take care of it and not make a big deal of it? So Kylie, uh, this morning, puts this out on her Instagram stories. She says, I feel it's important for me to clear, let me, should I do? I feel it's important for me to clear up this false narrative that I've asked fans for money and I'm not paying for my makeup artist's medical bills. I swear to God, you guys, I think she listened to the pod yesterday. Sam isn't my makeup artist. This is the the guy that unfortunately got into had a car accident with a traumatic brain injury. Sam isn't my makeup artist. And unfortunately, we don't have a personal relationship anymore, which is just. Like, why do you throw that sentence in there? We don't have a personal relationship anymore. Like, why do we need to know? 
but I have worked with him a few years ago and thinks he's the sweetest. I saw my current makeup artist and friend Ariel, who is Ariel Tejeda, why do I know these things, post about Sam's accident and his family's GoFundMe, and I called Ariel immediately to see what happened to Sam. After learning in more detail about the accident, it compelled me to visit his GoFundMe, which was set at 10000 They had already raised 6000 so I put it in 5000 to reach their original goal and thought I'd post it on my stories to gain more awareness if anyone else felt compelled to share or donate. I don't know how all of this got so twisted, but his family has reached out through Ariel and are very appreciative of all the donations, prayers, and love towards Sam. Anyone that knows me knows that I do things from the heart, and I try to be helpful whenever I can be. Let's all stay positive and keep Sam, his family, and anyone you know who is going through a difficult time in our prayers. I hope you have a beautiful day, and let's encourage each other to help. And then she went and bought three Ferraris um, and uh, 10 Birkins. So Sophie said, spread awareness all you want, but asking your fans to chip in when you know damn well you have more money than they'll ever see in their lifetimes, enough money to quietly save his life without attention seeking on IG is disgusting. I don't know how all of this got so twisted in quotes. You're a self-described billionaire posting a GoFundMe for your fellow millionaire friend's life, saving brain surgery during a pandemic and a time of unprecedented social unrest. How did you think it'd go over, dum dum? <laughs> Dumped. Oh, Sophie, don't tell me that this family is smart just because they're rich. So Sophie made a great point. Like, why post it on the GoFundMe? Why put your name in there? Why ask your fans to do any of this? I think that is, and I want to just chalk it up as youth, but I know the Kardashians through have a very interesting course of donation and, and charity work and things like that. So I... I thought it was interesting that Kylie got such backlash that she had to respond. So since we talked about it so much, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to read that and uh, see what you guys thought. But overall, I wanted to thank Kylie Jenner, who will always be my hero. And then a hero comes along with a We salute you, Kylie Jenner. Uh, you guys, <laughs> have a great rest of your Tuesday. We are going to our guest. Her name is Sarah Galley. Her podcast is Andy's Girls. We talk all about it. You got to go check her out if you have not. Uh, she's just the best. So go listen to her podcast after this. You'll dig it. But here it is, our interview of the day, Miss Sarah Galley. Uh, folks, as it is with Instagram, uh, you meet the best people there that leads you to their podcasts, which leads you to their important work that they do and which leads you to learn. And that basically is what this next person has, has, has given me in terms of my journey that led to Bravo and then to actual real life things that have made me a better person. But I don't want to, I don't want to talk about any of that because she's still, uh, you know, she's just amazingly funny and has one of the best Bravo podcasts out there, which I really want to highlight like because she's been doing this amazing thing which I want to talk to her about where she's actually almost doing like a round table uh with just multiple voices which I, I need to find out how she even does that uh the podcast is called Andy's Girls what I'm going to need you to do is go subscribe to that right now hit five stars once we get that out of the way you can come back and we can introduce Sarah Galley Sarah how are you my god a valentine I'm so good <laughs> I, you know what I just want to say thank you because I am first and foremost known as 
as an Instagram sensation. You know, that's, you, you know what, and that's, but to be fair though, that is how I've met a lot of people. And then it leads you down that that's why I think as much as I want to bash social media all the time and like the, the hellscape that Twitter is Instagram <laughs> has led me to so many amazing people that has led me to amazing podcasts that has let, you know, like you've highlighted people that, you know, if you follow that rabbit hole down and this is the positive rabbit hole, not the QAnon rabbit hole, you, <laughs> you actually get to, to meet amazing people through your podcast. So totally nothing agree. I said is wrong. Nothing I said is wrong. Basically, nothing you said is wrong. And we're doubling down on it together. And I have to say that like, especially the connectivity within Instagram, I'm no longer, I haven't been on Facebook for a couple of years and got off Twitter. I want to say like a year ago, it might've been longer. And so Instagram is like the last, the last stand. It's the You know, you should and, do that with every post guys. Remi remind, I just want to remind everybody, this is my last social media that I will be doing. It's up to you, motherfuckers. If you don't like this, <laughs> yes. it might be gone forever. Well, maybe, maybe they're turned off by the language. Have you thought about that? Well, I heard I heard maybe, an F word. I heard an F word. Maybe that might be. I came out of the womb swearing. It's like my podcast. I This is the thing that I tell uh, guests before we start recording. They're like, oh, can I swear? I'm like, you can call whomever a twat, whatever. And let's go. <laughs> <laughs> See, but, folks, this is why it's, it's good to uh, talk with fellow podcasters because you get nuggets like that about interview styles about interview techniques mm. and that's like a little piece of magic that i'm going to try out with tomorrow's guest i'm just going to call him a c word right off the bat you know i love that journey for you this is like a real inside the podcaster studio <laughs> and i'm here for it sarah just to uh remind people the podcast has been going i think for like four years right four to four to five years no yeah, i mean there's, I there's nothing I funny like i mean like, like terrible well, no no it's not terrible like i <laughs> no, feel like you funny. are a it's part of flies. everything you know like flies. Yeah. Um, but you have some of the, if not the best guests, your guests are so highly curated, but I want to know, like, you, you know, you did, I think there was a conscious ch uh, choice. You've had a couple, like, you know, multiple voices on one podcast. What led to that? Because I think it's just so brilliant. Well, thank you. First and foremost, um, the first, I just started doing roundtable episodes. And I think the reason I hadn't was because I was like, is that even possible? And also, as you know, as a podcaster, I just think I start from the end first where I'm like, how annoying is this edit going to be for me? Because usually it's like my thing that I'm editing and then the other person's and then we just figure that out. And, and EG is predominantly stream of consciousness. So there have been a small number of occasions where a guest has requested a tweak or I have uh, made a tweak, but it's literally out of over 200 episodes. Like I would say 10 or less where, yeah. so like to do five people where like, there could be a lot of moving, um, parts and pieces. But I think the first time I did a round table was at the end of 2020, I wanted to bring together some of my favorite, um, Bravo experts. So like Richie sky, Evan Ross Katz, OG of the AG, my co-creator, Damian Bellino, and just have a conversation about where, um, it's just kind of like a state, state of, of the, union. the union for Bravo of like, where are we? We've had a crazy year. We're about to start a new one. How does everybody feel? And because they come from all different worlds and fields, and yet we're all united by Bravo, I thought that might be interesting. And then I had a conversation with a friend of ours, Kate Casey, who we were talking about the importance of, as women podcasters, the importance of us 
uh, making sure that we're amplifying fellow women podcasters because at the end of the day, Bravo is predominantly about telling women's stories. And yet so often the people who are uh, amplified are actually men. So we want to just like kind of great. So we're all like friends and whatever, but like, it's also like, what's happening? (laughs) Why aren't women (laughs) more involved in this? Um, So inspired by Kate, I put together a round table of several amazing women Bravoholics. And then, um, I just did a panel episode recently with um, Black History some, Month. Uh, was it in? Wait. Was it done on during Black History Month? I actually I, think it was a March episode. Oh, for some reason, I because I, I thought it was. You I, could I, be right. I well, actually, I mean, I don't. I, it was just. I, just, I. It was like talk of shame, and uh, it was all Black Bravoholic. Yeah, I don't remember. This is the thing: is that like as soon as I put up an episode, it could be from three years ago, and I'll say it's from six. Yeah, like I have like, no re- recall. Well, especially especially with the pandemic, it's just made everything oh time-wise completely go. You know, my brain is extra curdled, but it was specifically Black Bravoholics and myself because. I was inspired to do that um, following the Salt Lake City reunion because it hadn't occurred to me that the narrative and and Jen Shaw's explanations for things um, and her reasoning for some of her behavior was actually not necessarily, it, it, it was... Some of she was she was saying was, it was she was saying it was racism against her to to she was she was making a lot of accusations in the third mm-hmm. part of the Salt Lake City reunion. And I remember talking about it the next day where I was like, where I was like, OK, what is because I saw her be very aggressive and very mean right. all season and sometimes just out of nowhere. And mm-hmm. now she's saying and I, so I was actually having this conversation with myself, which is so I couldn't trust anything I was saying, but it was interesting <laughs> to talk to like Kiki and to talk to other people after that and, and realize like, well, she's a very aggressive person, you know, like to realize like, yeah, I was, I was, as a white woman was like, I have, I have no choice but to believe her because she's saying these things. And yet there was like an asterisk there where, where I felt like something was off, but I didn't know what. And I had a conversation with a group of black Bravoholics where it was like, we're not saying that Jen hasn't been othered, othered. We're not saying that there aren't issues of racism here, but the language and her focus on, um, uh, elements and triggering words, those are not, those are the experiences specific to black women. And Jen Shaw is not a black woman. She is a woman of color, but she's not a black woman. And also the ways, the, the things that she has said to Mary, who is a black woman are problematic and here's why. And so it was really that perspective where it's like, nobody is saying that Jen hasn't experienced racism, but what we are saying is her examples for things, she's tapping into the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And a lot of narratives and stories <laughs> around that that are not, she doesn't, she does, she is not a Black woman. She is not a Black person. And while she has a husband who is Black and has children who are Black, that is not her lived experience. experience. That's, and yeah. that's important. I mean, it's that important is, to be specific. See, that's what I love. And that's what I love that, about your show that highlights you. Like, these are real conversations. Like, it takes it past that point of like, I'll be like, hey, Summer House, uh, fart. they queefed on last week's episode, you guys. You They queefed. And then, like, you, the, there are these real moments that, like, that's fascinating to me because we all saw it. And I had that moment of like, 
well, I'm not going to tell her she's wrong because, you know, but then you actually get into that, that, that conversation, which is like, we're actually learning something like learning can be fun folks. And the thing with Jen Shaw, (laughs) she just fascinates me because we're finding out like it's now like, I mean, there's, they seem to be passing these around like grateful dead bootlegs. Like there's a new one every week with her, like flipping <laughs> out videos. on somebody. Yeah. She's kind of a terrible person, huh? She's yeah, not but great. at the same time. Okay. Well, this is like, this is exciting. Where do you stand on this of where does Bravo need to draw a line on bringing people back season after season? Because it is so, I've had this argument in my head so many times and I go different ways each time. What is your current opinion? I have no idea because I said that Mary was uh, running a criminal enterprise. <laughs> and I, now I'm she like, more Mary. <laughs> more Mary. <laughs> Mary in the reunion was like one of the best and most surprising performances oh. I've ever had. And now I'm doubling down on Mary. So I should, tr- <laughs> can I actually swear? Is that okay? If I yeah, fuck yeah. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. I, I should truly go fuck myself because I can change. I will be so like, hands down, this is what, and then like two seconds later, I'm like the exact opposite. But my favorite thing is normalize changing your mind based on new information. And the new information I got is that Mary's kind of great. I talked about this so many, like, cause they did something fascinating with the reunion is that they did something that they've never done before, where they made one of the, ep- the part two of the three part reunion pretty much entirely about Mary. And that's how much Bravo all of a sudden believed in Mary, Mary. where they were Mm -hmm. like, we need to find out everything about your story. And Mm -hmm. you're right. By the end of that, I was like, she won me over you guys. She won like, and then in the third episode, she fell asleep. I was like, yeah, get that nap in. You deserve it. You deserve (laughs) it. You carried that second episode, you know? Honestly, she was so much more. I thought that the Mary that we were going to meet was going to be more like Instagram Mary, where it's like <laughs> hashtags that don't make sense. Yeah. And like filters spiritual. that like it aren't even really on her face. Like they're to the left of it. Yeah. Come on. 100%. Yeah. And the Mary that I, that we got, I thought was like very connected, had some insight. Obviously she also said some shit that was wild, but I just felt like, okay, it feels like this is a genuine group that should not be touched for the next season because the next season too is now these people are famous. So we, they got to film in their own little bubble where they, you know, didn't even know it was going to be a housewives franchise. Yeah, I mean, Heather Gay thought she was going to be hated. Heather Gay supposedly thought that people were going to hate her. And you can even see it on the show where you can tell uh, Meredith and uh, Lisa Barlow mm-hmm. thought that Jen Shaw was going to be the star of the show. And that's so why they Jen. kind of, they kind of kiss her ass a little bit or mm-hmm. they give her more room than they would uh, Whitney or Heather. And that's what you, you only get. And that's why we need to appreciate this. You guys, you only get season one of a housewife show one time Once. in your life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's all because now Heather has experienced being America's sweetheart, but also getting a little bit of pushback after the third, maybe the third, the part third of reunion the when she like yeah. hopped in with like, you didn't say that about my divorce, Lisa. And it was like, this isn't about yeah. you right now. It was it was a rare misstep, rare. Misstep. It was a rare misstep. So maybe that will kind of soften some of it. it'll be interesting to see how she dances through all of this. And also Jen Shaw truly came into this thinking she was going to be the breakout star and that never happened. And yet she's been integral to the plot because of the drama, the dynamics, the fallout, the circling back. But I don't, I mean, I know of people who are 
I guess stands of Jen, but that's like literally three people out of bajillions of accounts, all of whom are doing memes that are like WTF. Like I don't, and these videos that are coming out from former associates and- And then you see Coach Shaw in the videos, like uh, she leaves and Coach Shaw's like, are you all right? To the, like to the guy she's yelling at, like, I'm like, this is insane. Like Coach Shaw, like- so everybody was like giving Coach Shaw shit when he like left supposedly for a couple of days without talking to her. And I think, you know, it becomes clear that like Coach Shaw like sometimes needs a break. Like sometimes if you're if somebody's constantly at that kind of level, it, it really might be a, a, a scary relationship, which I think if we've seen housewives, you usually either see the evolution of a relationship or the dissolution of a relationship, mm-hmm. you know? Totally. And I also wonder. First off, how many times has she ex- exploded that someone knew enough to place a phone somewhere or she was saying it was like security footage, whatever it was. They knew that she was going to explode because she's exploded before. And how many times has he had to calm someone down if they after they were essentially verbally uh, assaulted, abused by oh, his oh, wife? Oh, he seemed like he was very used to doing this. Yes, which is concerning to me. This is a woman who on camera and off camera seems very volatile in a way that is not ideal to have in a spouse or something. Like, I don't know what's going on with Jen, but I do know that this behavior in real life is unacceptable. And she doesn't seem interested in any facet of her life and truly taking responsibility. That's what came across to me the most during the reunion is I genuinely didn't feel like she was taking responsibility. And when she seemed to make amends with Mary, it honestly, no disrespect, but reminded me a lot of Leanne and Deandra when Leanne realized she was in hot water and was maybe going to get fired and was like, Deandra, let's be friends again. I like really think we can work on this. And Deandra was like, fuck no, I know what's happening here. And it's like game over for you, sweetie. And it felt a little bit like that. It felt like Jen knew she was going to be in hot water with the rest of the women. So she was like, Mary, let's be friends. Like, I don't, I can't get it from all sides. But I also feel like she has learned absolutely nothing in real time. And I don't know. Next season is going to be crazy. I find it fascinating that like, if you're part of Shaw Squad, you're going to be like, you're potentially wearing a wire at this point. Like you're working for the FBI. If you're in the Shaw squad, like I love that, like the potentially the 13 people that are like directly her assistants, they're all like, I just wonder if they're getting static from each other's recordings. Like, you know, everybody's recording (laughs) that works around her, you know, Um, you brought up Dallas. Are you watching Dallas this season? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I get some, uh, I would love to like how on a one to 10 scale, how attracted are you to Deandra's shaman? Is it? Oh, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not attracted to him, but I have gone to his Instagram and I am very interested in him. I think he did like in, not in like swiping right romantically, but my heart's ready, shaman. My heart's ready. My heart is ready. I don't, I'm not an extensions girl. So like, you know, Stephanie's got one over me there, but I feel like that's I have never had any interest in it. You don't know. I also was a child performer and I was told by people in like the costume department they had to, that I have like four times the normal amount of human hair. I have very thick hair. So like the idea for me of adding stuff onto that is like not, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I don't, I'm, 
I waste my money elsewhere. We're both child, or like we were both child performers. You, of course, were way more successful and were doing like Broadway and off Broadway. Yes, I was was on Broadway my entire life. I was born. I remember like costumers, and I still, like, if I get any kind of work, like a TV or film or commercial, I always get scared to go to a costumer because it'll always be drilled in my mind when I was like 14 Uh years old going to a costumer for a play, and she told me I, um, Oh, she's like, oh, you got a pear shape of your body. And I was pear shape. 14-year-old boy becoming a man. Oh my God, that's terrible. Pear shaped. So to this day, that has always stood with me, even when it's like, well, you don't have real pear shape anymore. It's always like in my head, I'm a pear, you know? Which PS is a wonderful fruit, a undersold wonderful fruit. fruit. It is people yes. don't talk enough about a pear. When you are in the mood for a pear where you just want not like tart or sweet, but almost like Thank a you. middle ground, a softer flavor. Yes. Thank you. I, I am team pear all the way. That is a wildly inappropriate thing to say to practically anyone, let alone a minor <laughs> child. So no, I mean it really, that it really that's, that's why I gotta tell you, it really does stick with you the things that you tell kids at a younger age. So just uh, let this be a lesson to every costumer out there. Um, You're watching Dallas though. Mm -hmm. I was talking about, I'm in love with Tiffany moon. Uh, I'm in love with her aside from the lesson she's giving everybody. And, you know, uh, uh, she's just awesome. Yeah. 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 yeah, But like, like I, the thing is like, I'm, I can't wait for her second season already because it's like, this season is like spent holding Brandy's hand about Mm -hmm. stupid shit. Brandy's done. And I'm like, we're getting away from the fact that this woman is housewife crazy too. Like she has some real intricacies here mm-hmm. that like let her, I cannot wait to watch her blossom because even in how she handles her daughters or husband, like mm-hmm. there's some real housewife stuff there. And she's just so amazing. Cause she's like taking the time to slow down and teach mm-hmm. dum-dums like certain things, how to treat people. <laughs> and it's almost like people are like, wow, I was originally like, what is she doing here? She's so so well put together. And then you kind of start getting a sense of her humor and her locked uh, closet with all the purses. And I'm like, there's some real great housewife stuff here that is just waiting to come out, you know? Justice for Birkins, by the way. Like, when was that about? I want to see all of their closets forever. I want to see spinoff show where it's just like MTV housewife cribs. Like, let us not ever try to see a housewife. Sarah, patent that, patent that. Patent. Oh my God. Be- Sarah, that really we is housewife's cribs. It. Could you imagine? We need it. We deserve it. I want to see all of their dress. We've seen like the, you know, three minute, you know, exclusive to Bravo TV, yada, yada moments. Like I've seen that with Stephanie. I've seen Deandra talking about a Valentino dress that she's only worn one time. That was, I think like $15,000 or something. Like we've, we've seen these little, but I want to see more of an expansion. Like I want to see a full house tour of these women, like walking us through like an architectural digest. But see, they why, do why, They're okay. great. why can't we have that? And I got to say though, and I think you are a part of this is that I feel like this last uh, six months, especially someone at Bravo is listening. Finally, someone mm. at Bravo, I feel is like listening to these podcasts w- going online. And I, I wanted to know your opinion of things like winter house, all-star housewives, uh, mm. you know, these things like potential Lisa Rinna ho- hosting a me 
theme show. But, you know, like, what are your oh, thoughts yeah. about Bravo kind of expanding past just like Housewives and Vanderpump rules? Oh, I love it. And I also, you know, like we all remember that interview or whatever that Andy did where he's like, that would be jumping the shark. And none of us felt that way. And no. I think they've all acknowledged that Housewives isn't going anywhere. So it doesn't look desperate in the ways that they were concerned it would be. Like, we want this stuff. So I am so excited for this, like Housewives on vacay where they're not necessarily being super imaginative in their casting, but they're no. doing the best they can because the newbies aren't available. So it's going to be like big auntie energy, but, <laughs> but I'm here for it. I'm so excited for it. I'm really excited about winter house. I am terrified for Ciara. If it's true that she's doing uh, with Austin, some, if she's which, with Austin, like that, that almost, uh, you know, those girl, like friends that are girls or I guess friends that are guys that they, you, they date like a guy or girl and it like brings their stock down. When I oh, heard yeah, that constantly. about Austin, I was like, Oh, Sierra, you belong here as well. You've got some drama <laughs> in you, obviously, you know, like you're not perfect after all. Yeah. Because if you're choosing like, there's no way to not know that he is not trash. And also he's his stuff continuing with Madison. I mean, it's just, but who knows if it's true? I mean, it could just be some, for like, the sake blurred, of my show, it's true. For I, I, it's it is true. true. For the yeah, sake we of saw my, them together. We true, saw yes. them together. Yep. Yep. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we leaked it to Radar Online. Yes. Us and John Sessa. Um, what if you saw, by the way, I'm in a Zoom right now. What if uh, Sarah saw like Lucy, Lucy Apple Juice in my room right now, just like jumping on the bed? Uh, renamed, which is. No, no, this is, uh, this is Farkas. <laughs> That's the, why did that name just come to my head? <laughs> Can I tell you, I stumbled into, this is how terrible things happen. I was like, you know what I feel like this is literally a couple of days ago, which is going to be incredibly shameful as the story goes on. But I just was like, I feel like an older Beverly Hills vacay right now. Like I'm in the mood to see money on a trip. So I started watching, <laughs> re-watching for the hundredth time, but not in a hot second, the Dubai trip of season oh, six. Oh, yes. Camels, everything. Camels, shark bedrooms, wonderful. And then I was like, oh, I guess I can't stop now. So in however many days, not many, I'll let you know, I've been through half of season six because I started halfway through seven, eight, and I'm now in the thick of puppy gate. Oh, I can't wow. stop. I have to force myself to watch new Housewives content this week because I'm like so in the thick of it. And it is genuinely good like I know that we talk about old housewives as classic whatever blah 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 and it's totally true historic but six seven and eight are very solid to I me. feel like you're potentially getting paid by big housewives money this is oh like God, big yeah, pharma big, I oh feel like God, this yes. is I, I just pocket. but I like I like that so you're saying that these shows they appreciate most seasons and that we might need to go back and rethink uh how we feel about certain seasons because we automatically brand earlier seasons historical and there's a lot of gold in five, six, seven, that kind of thing. Yeah. And as you said earlier, like you can only have your first season once. And so when people are like, Oh, I wish that we had stuff like Beverly, it Beverly Hills season one, that doesn't exist anymore. We're in a very different environment. Everybody now knows what they're signing up for. It's they now get the choice to better understand their castmates before they join the show. Like we get a general sense of the concept and in some ways the expectations of elevated behavior and whatever else. But I mean, 
it also depends what kind of mood you're in. Like if you're not in a mood to feel shit about LVP, you're not, I have a different <laughs> feeling about LVP watching nine again than I did the first time. Well, now here's I'm my, like, I have do questions. You have, do you have a favorite, like, like I do believe this is true as well. Is that like, is there a favorite housewives uh, season show to go to sleep to? Like, is there like, oh, I really oh, like I to know. put on the oh. Summer House episode where they kick somebody out of the house. You know, like, is there something you're like, I really sleep like a baby when this is on? Is there something you go to? Is there something you stay away from entirely? Is there something that's upset you that you don't even watch the show anymore? So many questions. That is such a good question. <laughs> thank, um, thank you for seeing the light in me and my light recognizes. Oh your my life. God. So good. I mean, first off, I do fall asleep on my computer. Like I, I, and I am one of those people I, I have always hated falling asleep ever since like, from a kid up. Like yeah. I will push against for at least an hour past. So like last night I was in the middle of like watching some dinner party and shit's going down and Kyle's upset. And I like, was refusing to go to, and then finally I was like, you get to watch more, but you have to wake up first. You have to go to sleep and wake up and then you can watch the story continue. <laughs> I love the deals you make with yourself when you're trying oh to my like, God. you know what, you can eat an apple, but only an <laughs> apple. And that's the deal, you know? A constant negotiation. Um, so what shows I, I mean, I probably like watching, a, I, I wouldn't want to go to sleep watching new content or something that's probably brand new i think but i'll honestly say i mean could you go to sleep to a bolo episode or could you could you go to sleep to that episode or is that constant bpm over 80 you know um i think that might be a little tough i think i might be a little activated as Lindsay hover like i think i would be i think it would just like if it's a very passionate episode i don't know if i could do it because i would be like feeling you would be transported feelings. you would be transported. i would be transported yeah. i would be and they do a fa- it is like a little bravo can be a mood ring so depending on how <laughs> i'm feeling at that moment or how bravo's feeling at that moment we can influence each other if anybody steals head. the bravo mood ring uh shirt we will sue that will be an automatic lawsuit <gasps> oh my god um, you know what we should make a bravo mood ring i mean do it really is even amazing. exist we're both well, young people let's bring it back i mean like that and let's bring back lava lamps let's do it Oh my God! Would a brava lava, brava lava, brava lava. Okay, fine. <laughs> <Come> on. <laughs> um, I'm so into it. Um, what are you thinking? You know, because I, I keep trying to talk people into Dallas this season, even though it's a mess in terms of brandy. I really find it actually still. I don't mm-hmm. expect anything from it, so I'm kind mm-hmm. of like every time it's there, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah. Whereas Atlanta, I feel like they had a season high at Bolo and they're mm-hmm. kind of wandering around in the forest right now, trying to figure out the cast chemistry. And mm-hmm. like last night, what we had with like, and I'm like, what is Kenya and Toya? How made up is the, uh, I I'm attracted to you storyline. I feel like Kenya is finally realizing that Toya is auditioning for a show while on it. And she doesn't want to do that anymore. You like Kenya is like, she's like, I gave you the spotlight and now it's going to be taken away from you. Right. Like, Kenya's like I Eve. thought I was writing the script. What are you yeah. doing? This is yeah. not improv. You know, like it's it. Toya last night was, I don't know. There's like a level of desperation that can, that can be appreciated and respected on housewives And then there's what Toya is doing, which is just manufacturing stuff, but doing it in such a disrespectful way that all of the people we actually respect are horrified because it's not organic. It's not real. And it's also cruel and mean like the, the her demanding a maid 
none of us actually believe that Toya expects that at any moment. She's saying that because she wants to piss off and Fallon. Yeah. Yeah. So when Fallon initially uh, eventually erupts, it's like, yeah, because Toya, she went for a golf with a golf club. She like, I, I mean, that was amazing. I mean, now I'm interested in golf for the yeah, very first time. Finally, you know Tiger I, Woods didn't do it. Well, actually, the Tiger Woods HBO documentary got me oh, started. Phenomenal. But this yes, really phenomenal. is. Um, but but you get that like you, what you said is is exactly right, is that we, the audiences, can sense when something is real. And mm-hmm. we, the audience, can also uh, we know we're, we're very sophisticated watching Housewives shows now when fake shit starts happening and Toya's trying to like just be be contrarian to be contrarian. And then Kenya's doing her own thing. It just feels very disconnected instead. Like I watched that four hour justice league movie and, and basically it's fine, but it's all about, it's all about superhero teamwork, Sarah. And that's how I view housewives as well. Is that like, this is not a team right now. There is Mm -hmm. even, and I'm talking teams can hate each other, but right now to me, it is so disjointed Mm -hmm. that that Bolo episode was brilliant. I think it's in, one of my top 10 housewives, I think, and it will wow. be for all time. No, mm-hmm. I really think about the, the, like it even ended with a makeup between Marlo and Kenya. Like, yeah, it was a great episode. It had it a really, really cool, like mm-hmm. even a foundation, but this, I just feel like they don't know where they're going. So I'm so like, I'm already on to next season in my head of like, mm-hmm. what, who's the cast next season? You know, what do you, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a great point. I also think like with COVID times, we just kind of put it in a bubble and we're like, all right, this isn't great. There's reasons why these women haven't been able to gather together. Drew, (laughs) through no fault of her own, because she had to quarantine before and after a trip, is not present for these group events. So it's like we didn't get a chance to know her. So we understood her first through her weird relationship with her husband. Yeah, but now when we see her in group events, we're like, oh my God, or at least I am like, oh my God, Drew is amazing. I love Drew, yeah. I don't love Ralph, but I love Drew. Amen, same. And it's, you know, a sense of, okay, well, hopefully next season will be good. I kind of think like this season- It's a building season. It's a. It's also just like a. It's a. It's a. You know, the only way to get through it is to, the only way to like cross through it is to get over whatever the fuck that expression is. Like they're just <laughs> to get going through. through it. We just gotta go. We, just, gotta... we just gotta. We just gotta get through it. We just gotta like <laughs> swim our little swim. And the thing with <laughs> the thing with Toya is like, the purpose of Andy's girls is to focus on breaking down the psychology behind the drama. So it's genuinely about like okay, something, we might spend an hour talking about a moment of uh, a little parcel of truth coming out of a dynamic where it's like, oh, in their relationship with their father and blah, 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 and dynamics from IRL that can influence this. And you're really having a conversation about human behavior at its core, like core purest form. And when I see something like the ways that Toya is behaving, it's, I'm so... I'm the opposite of curious because there's not (laughs) anything to unpack here because it's all based on like sugar, you know, like she's just throwing saccharin sweets our way with the thought that we'll enjoy it, but it's making us all feel a little sick. Well, and she's, and she's done it all season. So it like first Mm -hmm. it was like, okay, this might taste good. And now we're so like, oh, I don't want to eat any more of this. This is so it's too sugary. But do you think there is, um, like it, to me, it feels like an improv scene and somebody's not yes. Anding. She's just mm-hmm. like, you know, like the you're set on uh, at a bank and they're like, we're on the moon. Look at us on the moon. Like she's just not listening. You know, I think you're totally right. Yeah. And she doesn't care. She's not, she's already 
moving on to the next point, she does not care that she has a scene partner. And when that scene partner is directly telling her, stop, (laughs) this isn't working. I don't want to be here for this. I don't care about having this conversation with you specifically. I now don't trust you as a result of what you are saying out loud. And she doubles down and it's like, thank God she's not full time because this is not, she thinks she's Marlo. She's not. There's only one Marlo. Do you think the show can serve? Do you think how do you think Kenya will have ever an end date on the show? Like, do you think she'll, I mean, do you think the show, I mean, I feel like the show could survive without Kenya. Would you want to see it without Kenya? Um, I really enjoy Kenya, but I think that's up to Kenya. I don't even think it would come down to her running out of story. I think it will come down to her refusing to share story. So I think there will always be things happening in Kenya's life that would be of interest to the Bravo community and also trying to see her push up against like the friction and the cast because of her weird one-sided fight with Portia and all of that. There will always be something, but she is a woman who is happy to withhold aspects of her life if she thinks it will actually help her get to what had been a goal of her for many years, which was, you know, a long-term relationship, having a child. And, and so she's, she will make those sacrifices if she thinks it will help her in her personal life, which is surprisingly mature, not necessarily great for the viewer, but, but good for Kenya. And I think for her, it'll come down to like, if she refuses to participate they might not be thrilled with that and may give her another one season timeout but i don't necessarily see her running out of story i could see her running out of patience yeah i I genuinely don't think she loves portia like i i genuinely think there's a (laughs) lot of rage directed portia's way that well, no, I mean, their, their relationship is fascinating. And, and Portia is saying like, well, this doesn't affect me at all. Like I'm letting, you know, but mm-hmm. I even think with, if you really, if you really read into it, like I read into everything, I think it does get at Portia. Like, I think it does like in a very slight way, but she, she presents as being above it. She says she's above it, but at the end of the day, you don't want somebody always in your face. You don't want somebody always being negative towards you. Like it's always like just a complete bummer. And that's what I feel like Kenya is for the Porsche brand, you know? Yeah. And Kenya's so, um, self-destructive and destructive, destructive. I mean, she will do whatever it takes to, make someone potentially feel bad or humiliate someone on camera. And I think we've seen a lot of that this season and there does need to be a little bit, not necessarily of a reckoning, but of a pushback in some ways. And I think we'll see that potentially on the reunion, likely by Portia, but I think in many ways by Candy, because what Kenya was doing with slut shaming, when one of her very good friends is, candy who has a sex toy line candy's thing is like sexy time candy like what she said what happens in the dungeon stays in the dungeon like i don't see how that's confused yeah and what kenya is doing is like rewriting the history that we saw on tv kenya was very happy with the party and the bolo of it all until she decided or heard or suspected that Portia was doing something that Kenya could exploit. And so then Kenya changed. So like on the after show, she talks about how disgusting it was, blah, blah, blah. 
she is using language that feels very familiar to the world of slut shaming and sex shaming and sex positivity shaming. And I don't know how that will play out, but I would think that Candy, who genuinely believes in sex positivity and also has been able to monetize it very successfully, (laughs) would have some things to say about it. Because when Kenya's coming to harm Portia, she also is indirectly harming one of her greatest allies in the cast. Yeah. Well, we, I just thought about, we need to get Bethany Frankel to do one of those watch along with that Bolo episode and get her oh thoughts. God, I'm like, we? Oh, you dirty birds, you dirty, dirty <laughs> birds. Um, I was thinking about that one ep- uh, moment in Atlanta when Bolo came and it was like, so I, I really, I get, I get chills when like production <laughs> gets brought into it when they're mm. like, okay, guys, time to wrap it up, you know? And then they're, they're knocking down the cameras and, you know, it's like, I, I, like Candy's just like, okay, fellas, see you tomorrow. Like we're going to get our freaks on right now. <laughs> and I, you know, we had Bravo, Bravo, fucking Bravo and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. It really mm-hmm. seems Bravo is slowly leaning into this kind of letting us know that we're, you know, that they're aware, we're aware that production is happening. And I, Mm -hmm. I love it so much. And I even noticed, I don't think you watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians because you've seen seen almost every episode. Okay. So you, did you watch this past week? Oh, I didn't watch this past week. (laughs) Well, she, then then you're a liar. No. So I am a liar. Well, I'm so behind on new content because of Beverly Hills from six years ago. (laughs) Oh yeah. I'm sorry. You're busy watching the, (laughs) like, I've got got my priorities straight. Yeah. They did two moments in this past week's episode where they brought up the cameras. They brought up like Chloe's like, well, I don't want to talk about this in front of camera. And Kim said it later on in the episode. And I was like, did Bravo start a trend all of a sudden? Like, is it Mm. now acceptable? Like, what are your thoughts on breaking that fourth wall? I mean, I love it, especially because keeping up with the Kardashians is all about the monetization of celebrity and of (laughs) being yourself and being a billion or an alleged billionaire as a result. I mean, I think keeping up with the Kardashians is excellent reality TV. I love the later seasons, especially the earlier stuff isn't for me, but the late, which I've seen, but the later it turned it like it was like a sitcom in the beginning, and it was, now it's it was like totally a, weird, a sitcom kind of dramedy. I don't know. And now it's this thing where it's all pulled from the headlines. Where you know, if on Sex in the City, like the fifth cast member was New York City, on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, the extra cast member is genuinely the tabloid empire, the the, the structure of tabloid and celebrity media, because constantly a, a plot point is pulled from oh so and so leaked something or um i talked about this thing or this person who i thought was a friend wasn't or the breakdown of a marriage and everybody knows and how am i going to share that with the world i mean that is they were the ogs of that kind of reality tv experience which has i think bled into housewives i don't know that housewives has inspired Kardashians as much as Kardashians has inspired Housewives and Bravo, but and folks, that's why right, right there. That's why Andy's guy. That's why you go subscribe to that podcast right now. That's I mean because that's brilliant. You're right. I mean that's that's what that actually now will keep me up tonight thinking about who's inspired who and what is, and it's kind of I mean potentially all growing together. And I just wonder where reality shows end. Like what will be. What you know? What is its final form? Will it constantly evolve? Are you by chance watching Real World Homecoming on Paramount? Oh Plus? my God! I was Ryan. I was just about to ask you about S- that. In sync, in sync. Just, I, I am obsessed. I I cry at least two times every episode. <gasps> and I, was, oh my God! Oh, I it, it, but like I think it's done so well, and mm-hmm. it's such a 
it's a so nice a breath of fresh air with mm-hmm. how they do it and the fact that they're able to pull in clips from 29 years ago mm-hmm. and like i mean Becky, you, you know, the character Becky, you guys, you see this, this this past episode that she potentially didn't change as much or like or it kind of brings into those questions of how much do we really change over the passage of time, you know? Yeah. And sometimes we choose to double down. Like not everybody is interested in changing and becoming a different person, if not better. Some people are like. I'm great as is you need to fit into the shape of this puzzle. If you don't, I'm out. And that can be literal and figurative. And for Becky, it's both. And and it just shows like how we do get ensconced in our own egos and our own lives over decades where Becky was like, well, I don't need to pull. I, I know me. I'm not a racist. I don't need to put up with this shit. I'm out. And it was so fascinating to then see like Julie and stuff of like, we all made this agreement not to throw each other under mm-hmm. the bus. And like it, it, I mean, another thing, it gave me chills. I was like, this is so awesome. I look forward to Thursdays every week now. And I'm glad, like, I'm so glad you're watching it. Like, so you, you love things like that, right? Like, are you going to watch they when they do the challenge with all the, um, like Ruthie and tech from real world Hawaii and. I think I am. And I yeah, haven't seen it. the challenge in, I don't know how many, I think the last time I saw it was like maybe right after DM died and it was CT and he was talking. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I am very interested in, in seeing these people who I, to be honest, haven't thought of in a number of years, but it's like heartwarming for my youth childhood, however old I was at that point, because I remember these people or rather these archetypes, but I don't know who they've grown into being. So it's that plus it's the challenge, which is like a very, wild strange chaotic (laughs) like reality game show competition etc whatever but great and can be great tv and i haven't seen it in so in so long that it would be genuinely like fun just to watch it again but like with the real world stuff i wasn't old enough to see the first season of the real world obviously when it started it was before my time so to watch it now, I mean, like I, I haven't watched the OG episodes, but I want to go back and watch them. Oh and that might God. apply to the challenge you, too. I know I've only need, seen clips. I've, I've never see, seen the full episodes. And that's why, like, I just, I, I really, it just, I don't know. I, I, I'm like, what's, what, what I love now is like, uh, so Andy's doing that, um, What's it oh, called? Oh yeah, the reality. I don't reality know. Reality of reality, like reality or, something. Um, reality, reality. But it's like yeah. the history of reality TV. And I did mm-hmm. get to watch one episode and I thought it was really fantastic. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that. But what I what I really am passionate about and I'm really proud of actually is that there is now a history of reality TV. Mm-hmm. This isn't like a new genre. This is now a genre with decades, with like with the actual place where it started. It's like I've watched all these documentaries on the um, the history of uh, rap, you know, and oh, wow. you're like, oh, well, like Netflix has this awesome like six part documentary on it of the evolution of hip hop. And but now we have that for reality shows like these yeah. things that we dissect. But like who would have thought? You know, uh, we're 15 years and a day from the premiere of Real Housewives of Orange County. We're Mm -hmm. 15 years. And who would have thought 15 years later we would be dissecting or something like your podcast would be dissecting these really, really minuscule potentially, but huge, beautiful moments that actually teach us a little bit about each other. Like who Mm -hmm. would have thought that? 
I, nobody, nobody would have thought it. <laughs> not them, not us, not, not, not nobody. Not, yeah, I mean, not there's, no, there's no way little Sarah Galley was like, one day I'm going to do a <laughs> No, not even. I was like, what's a podcast? But that was also me three years ago, a year into podcasting. What is this? Yeah, um, yeah. she's yeah, not the 100%. Elon Musk of podcasting, like the rumors <laughs> said. Uh, the rumors um, I wanted to, uh, we were talking about the real world and real life is that I was very excited. Uh, I saw that you posted your, um, your vaccine journey on yes. your Instagram. You got now did, which, which I love this is guys, this is the new hip yes. question. You ask people, yes. you go, what, you what, what kind you get the Moderna? Hey, what'd you, got you, the John? Moderna. you got, you get JJ. I got the what'd Moderna. I got the Moderna, which I was really excited about because a friend of mine who helped me get the appointment, who hooked me up was like, you want to get Moderna because it sounds better. And I was like, you're hundred percent right. And he had some like design, whatever. And I was like, no, I love it. I could like see the hashtag in my head. I'm like, a Moderna woman. Like I was a hundred percent down. So I was very, I got an appointment on like a Monday or Tuesday and had, had, I, I, yeah, I got, I got the actual spot and then had the appointment like a couple of days later and had no big reactions. I mean, I posted all about it and saved it on the highlights on my IG because I went into it and I thought like, okay, I had a thousand questions before this experience and I didn't necessarily get all of them answered by people who had already gotten the vaccine. So let me try to provide that information to other people. So I really tried to like do a checklist of like, here's this and then this, and here are the things that you need to bring. And because I had an underlying condition, which qualified for me for the vaccine in New York city, I was like, here's what I had to bring to support that and blah, blah, blah. And I found that really helpful just for myself where it was like, I felt like I had a little bit of power in a situation in which none of us really necessarily have a lot of control yeah. aside from like double masking, washing hands or, or single masking, washing hands or whatever. And so I get the next dose on Friday. My, oh my birthday God. is the day after. Please say you're going to tell people like, it's my birthday tomorrow. You guys, it's my birthday. Like in line. Um, I'm going to tell everybody. I mean, yeah. I might, will you live stream this experience? What are we, what are we, are we doing a clubhouse? I'm what are we doing? Like, I don't know that I'm going to like live TV. I haven't even done, <laughs> I haven't even scheduled like a birthday zoom with friends, but here's where it gets great. So I'm assuming I'm going to be all fucked up for a couple of days. Cause I've heard yeah. like, and maybe it'll be fine. Was the problem. last one supposed to be like the bad one? Yeah. The second one is where your body is like, get ready for a party. But okay. I, I, it's all, it's an indicator that it's working when you feel symptoms, as long as they're not like threatening, blah, blah, blah. It's all because your body is like doing its thing, blah, blah, blah. But then I realized, okay, so I'm not doing, I'm not scheduling a fucking thing for my birthday. I'm trying to get a cake to happen, contacting people to literally take a photo of and have a slice. And I guess spend the rest of the day in bed, like, what am I going to do? I might not be feeling great. But I'm also came to the realization that second dose fuck up my birthday that means I could just stretch out my birthday. So I am now going to have my birthday two weeks after March 27th when the Smart. vax is like really done its thing. Smart. And then I reached out to my colorist and I was like, AJ, need to come my in. Need to be like, need to be golden. Oh, uh, being a woman. Um, yeah, we all uh, yeah, have see, our, that, we You all guys have, have to deal with that. I mean, that's oh, I would be crap. so angry. I would be so angry if I was a woman. Like the fact that you guys have to spend money on all that stuff. Like that's oh my God. Like, I have I go so to super cuts. No one has, no, I have so many lipsticks and 
but nobody has seen because of a What's fucking mask. So I texted AJ and I was like, AJ, need to come in, call her, birthday, vaccine, things are happening. And she's like, oh, I'm getting my second dose in mid-April. So I'm like, oh, I shouldn't see you in mid-April now. Now I should see you at the end of April. So now my birthday, which is March 27th, <laughs> is maybe going to be a little bit mid-April, but also end of April, possibly early May. I am a nightmare person and I am very excited to just stretch this out. I already texted people. I'm like, guys, we're going to do a social distance picnic for my birthday, which you know is March 27th. So don't forget your gift, but also maybe in May. <laughs> I, I love, delightful. I love people that can do birthday months. I think that's so, such a powerful statement. I love a statement. birthday quarter. I love um, a birthday quarter. My birthday is April 25th. And I remember <gasps> having it during quarantine. Happy early Thank birthday. You. Thank you so much, Sarah. And, um, I remember my friend Mallory, we went to the, we went to the Sir alleyway and we just drank shots and like <laughs> our, in the car for my birthday. Cause you know, if you think of like, where do you want to be during quarantine during mm. your birthday, Sir alleyway Sir. is going to be at the top of pretty much everybody's list, you know? So for both of us, this is going to be our second pandemic B day. I know you just got me scared. I was like, maybe I should get a haircut. Like maybe I should get. No, it's no. I just really want to have an excuse to feel like, cause I, I really feel, feel like, like a lady is, to feel like a woman. Feel like a lady to feel like a dame. <laughs> yeah. I really am very excited about it. No, I'm but a I, psychopath. You, you stayed this whole time in New York city. Like, I mean, you <laughs> like the epicenter of this, like, yeah. Really, I don't think we'll know for years, but like, I mean, what kind of PTSD are you going through? Because like you guys were the epicenter you had to do and you stayed there. Like you were mm -hmm. throughout this whole thing. How are you? I mean, I'm not great. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any way I could get you to cry on the podcast? That's what I'm just oh trying to Oh my God, please. Um, uh, it was real tough. And I think like the first, cause I have an underlying condition. The first two months I did not leave my apartment building. So I was inside 24 yeah. seven, which isn't great for my personality. I require personal interaction with people. Oh, even if it's like across the street. Like okay. Oh yeah. I'm a, I'm a cray. And so that wasn't really great. The only positive thing was the seven o'clock cheer. So every night at seven, oh, yeah, the banging literally, the pots, right. Yeah. And that was genuinely very exciting and people would play music and we were all, you know, I would, I would like be talking, you know, on the phone or to my roommate. And then I would run as soon as it was seven to like scream out the window for three to four minutes. And that was great. But I do think it's like, I just had a conversation about this with somebody earlier this evening. Like, I think it's going to be one of those experiences where we're not going to know the trauma of this, of like, when someone coughs and you, your heart shudders, like you don't know if this means that you're going to catch this terrible yeah. thing that's going to exist in many of us, or we're going to be dealing with the, the, the trauma of feeling that way and the damage of it and what that means and how that's affected us in our personal life for at best many, many years. I mean, I am, I am not a parent or, or caregiver. I can't imagine what it was like to go through this with your children, your young children oh, who aren't We both have listeners that are like probably like that are mothers with kids. I, I wonder yes. how the fuck they did it. Like how, I mean, I, I was my own child and I could barely take care of myself. Like how mm, the F same. they did this, you know? I don't know. To all the moms, dads, parents, in general, caregivers, whomever. I mean, my parents are the caregiver to my brother who's special needs. And it's really, really tough, especially when you have like 
nurses and other health professionals coming in in your house in and out of your house every day we've never been in a dynamic where we would be concerned for our safety because of what could be you know just because of how this virus can um come out you know like it's just it's it's really stressful and so for people who already have to manage and live with a high level of stress to deal with a global pandemic on that is on top of that is really intense. And so I just think, you know, shout out to all the caregivers, shout out to my checking and lack of savings account, because I've been (laughs) buying literally everything that means. And my therapist at this point, I'm like, is this okay? Cause I already did it. And I'm going to do it twice more. Like it's, I, (laughs) (laughs) which by the way, this is a good time to mention that, uh, Andy's gals have, uh, has a Patreon. Uh, as oh a Patreon, and Give me money, you actually do uh, a cool thing. You do like a Zoom with your your patrons, right? Like once a yes, month. Yes, inspired right? by you, whose DMs I slid into, and I was like. How do we? <laughs> What's your no. experience yeah. like with this? No, and I mean, great. I think the I mean, like the the cool thing about like there's, I mean, we're all doing the same thing. So I believe like yeah. every pot, like we all help each other out. But like totally, you know. But uh, I do want to remind, like, I just like the fact that you uh, you took this out on shopping. You know, your PTSD is really oh, Amazon's yeah. game. You oh know? no! At the end of every AGM, like, guys, I saw this diamond. It's a vintage diamond <laughs> from the 19- It's a dinner ring. Like, have I paid any of my bills? No. Am I going to try to live in this diamond probably in six weeks when my landlord calls? Possibly. But during that time, I'm really going to appreciate the glow of this diamond. And maybe I, it has spiritual qualities. Like, who are we to say? Science is ever evolving. And one day, maybe we'll find out that the art of a art deco diamond brings a lot of good. And it will to at least <laughs> my pinky ring. I love, uh, I, you know, I love that I have inexpensive taste. I'm the opposite of Erica Jane or oh, whoever that am, is. Is that I'm like, champagne. for me, I'm like my, my head, I'm like, Ooh, really would love to get that Ben Affleck with a coffee on a shirt. Like, you know, like I'm in my head, like buying like goofy shirts. Like that's where my head goes. Well, I am also super wild and inconsistent with money. Like I will, I, I can't take the trains right now because of underlying condition, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But it also doesn't make me, I, I feel great about the fact that I'll walk several miles and also save 275. Like I hate, <laughs> there are certain things where I'm like, oh no, this thing was like $5. I refuse to pay for shipping. Like yeah. there are things that I just cannot handle. And if I think that I can get something 5% less in seven months, I'm going to take that chance. I'm going to shoot my shot. Well, my big one was the the library. Like I uh, used to want to collect books. Like I used to love, I still do. I love the smell of books. I, Mm. and then even when I can't read them, but now I, uh, I, I I was like, I can't keep buying these books. Mm. And then I had to be talked into the library and they have Mm -hmm. the whole online system, but I've also been listening to audio books now, which I feel like is kind of cheating, Mm -hmm. but there's only so many hours in our lives. So uh, like these books have to get read or listened to somehow, but I, I, I used to want to own them. I used to think owning them or owning like, owning a, like I'm the, like I always say, if I have a time machine, I'm going back to 13 years old and like shaking the shit out of myself and saying, never Mm. buy a DVD ever again. Like don't buy a DVD. (laughs) Oh my God. I have so many and I I don't know how to watch them. And and by the way, I thought in my head, I was like, I'll have all my friends over 30 years from now. Like, let's watch the director's cut of boogie nights on DVD, like not even Blu-ray. And like, 
I just would, I, I mean, I wasted like probably $10,000 on DVDs. Oh, oh my God. Not well, all, Sarah, not all at once. I mean, over the course of. <laughs> Can you imagine if you were like, Wait, by the this way, is, this love, is love one movie I really need. Yeah. But my eyes over 10K. Wait, wow. how, much did, how much did you pay for Austin Powers? I paid I 10K. Mean, yeah. Eight and a half. Um, I do remember in college buying two copies of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and When Harry Met Sally on oh, DVD. One for, one for work, ca- one for play? In case something happened to one of them. I needed an heir and a spare. And that did is how great I am with plastic, money. Did you leave it unwrapped? No, I probably broke both of them and am a monster. <laughs> I am I am horrible with I like run shit into the ground. Oh. I constantly break things. It's I'm a mess. But every I time I look at my DVDs and I see like these um like Game of Thrones seasons, and then I turn on oh. TV and I'm like, oh, so it's like it's all here on the the HBO. Okay, so it's all. So like, I didn't even have to. Okay, so like seventy bucks a pop. That was that was dumb, right? That was just a flat out waste. But the director's commentary, like I've listened to the and watched the director's commentary for the Social Network maybe fifty times. Back when I had a DVD, I would listen to it over and over and over See? again. That's the deal. I always, I always. That's why I want like a cloud service in heaven because I've never listened to one. <laughs> I've never listened to one uh, one of those director's commentaries, and it was always one of those things of like, someday I will. I will listen to all of these. And and then you get older, you're like, nope, not going to do it. Oh I'll never God. read Jane Austen at this point. Never. Oh, yeah. Never. I, I love Jane Austen because I'm a smart uh, person who definitely reads Jane Austen. <laughs> I've absolutely... No, read like- the books uh, definitely <laughs> and i have thoughts about the differences because i know Can we talk sen- read well, good good let's talk sense and sensibility a little bit the book let's i did do read it. um let's do it. i thought emma thompson was the best part of that book that i've definitely read wasn't she a no cool? no no uh the girl with the british accent uh she was mm-hmm. so good in that um kate winslet and titanic was my favorite chapter of sense and sensibility i i love that so much no that's a great movie but i, I <laughs> I've not, like, I don't think I've read it. I love that Jane you Austen are book. potentially gonna... tripping over yourself like Jane Austen might be listening. Like, oh, Jane, Jane, if you're listening, I love you. I mean, wasn't she born recently? That's because I know so much Jane about Austen her. Jane Austen is a hashtag girl boss. If you, if, and she has a really, uh, she has a fast fashion line right now, Jane Austen. That's just amazing. I heard she's joining Real Housewives of New York and I'm very excited no. to see Jane Austen get her out. See, Apple. I heard, I heard friend of, and I heard it was Dorinda. So she wow. might not be in. She might not be in. <laughs> Can you imagine Dorinda shooting the shit with Jane Austen? I would love it. And Jane, uh, I saw a red balloon. I did. I saw a red balloon and it was Richard. Um, Ramona tells us she's she reads so often. She reads the news. She's very in the know. So I'd did, love to see it. Did it, um, as, as we start winding down, which I don't want to, but as we start, does it affect you at all watching these reality shows over quarantine? Did it hit you differently? Did you start to get sick at any point of this bullshit? Like you're like, ah, oh, life is too crazy. Or did you, did you even appreciate it even more? Um, I think I appreciated it a lot more as a deep form of escapism. And I think I appreciated podcasting even more because yeah, as isolated as we've become, like, I mean, I used to record on my couch in my living room. So the first week of quarantine, uh, the first, yeah, the first week of quarantine and recording was definitely a little bit of a shock to the system of like, wait, I'm used to like vibing off of somebody's physical energies. And now that's no longer possible, but I'm so appreciative for the Bravo community. I'm so appreciative to have a podcast because I feel like my voice still 
brings value to people. And and what I've heard from some AGs about their um, doubling down and need for podcasting has kind of like restored my faith. I do think there are moments where I didn't do a great job of managing my anger, which I expressed in ways that I wish I hadn't, but you kind of learn through it. You learn from it. You learn through it. You get to the other side and we've only been through, you know, I, I think uh, one pandemic <laughs> so far, you know, like we've only I know, been, I'll be better at the next one. Yeah. I can't wait to see how that's going <laughs> to turn out. By the way, out. the second one rolls around. You're going to see, it's going to be a whole new me. It's going to be awesome. You know? Oh, it's going to be great. Can I ask you one quick question before yeah. we wrap? Cause I don't yeah. know that I've asked you this before. Um, who's your spiritual housewife? You've probably told me and I've forgotten. What do you mean spiritual housewife? Like, like who's the housewife where you are like, oh, this is the person. I just feel a connection to that person. Uh, Either because I see myself, like I have a problematic favorite, but I see myself in them or this is a person I just love and admire or this is a person that like brings my heart joy or this is the person who's like oh, yeah, had yeah. challenges on the show that I feel like I've learned from IRL. Who's yours? Well, you know, and you this have is like, one, you might not have one. Well, this is, well, I mean, I don't have one in the sense that you, but I, I mean, and this is fairly recent and I get, is that for, you know, Leah McSweeney hit me in a oh very- Oh my God, of course. Way. Oh my God, how but, did but, I, but yeah, yeah. Me, go on, go on. Because it was a perfect quarantine, like what she was going through in the sense of like thrust, being thrust in a group of new ladies, mm-hmm. uh, being kind of like potentially drunk in many scenes, being mm-hmm. like, kind of like- she was kind of brash and all over the place. And then you really got the sense there is potentially a real person in there with a family and things like this. And it kind of just, it warmed my heart in certain ways that I didn't expect it to, especially around those group of ladies that Mm -hmm. are so like, you know, though they're like, Madame Tussauds at this point. There's like so waxed figures mm. of themselves, like Ramona and, and Sonia, you know, but there was this new person and she integrated into the group at just the right time. And I think we kind of, I mean, we blew her up so much. So I'm so scared to see her in the second season mm-hmm. because we gassed her up. It's like, we gassed her up so much that there's almost no place to go, but down. But for real, like, I mean, she did mean, like, I was like, God, I really loved watching her, but I got to say like, it doesn't really answer your question, but I, I got to say like, not, I don't know if any of them are my, which kind of scares me, you know? No, I think that's a great thing. Well, who's yours? I think, um, I have a problematic save and I feel like even though I haven't watched this past season of Orange County, I have to sort of apologize on behalf of what I sort of heard went down, but my spirit, my, my queen for a number of years has been Shannon Storms Bador. And I think it's a little window into like my own life's challenges and like the ways that I have felt empathy for her and her like freakouts and the entanglements in her marriage with David and trying to figure out how to use her voice, but express things in a way that is helpful to her and not harmful. I just, even if I don't necessarily see a lot of myself now in her, I just, and I just, I felt, I feel so much empathy for her. And I, but I, and I know that like, again, I heard that like, maybe she didn't have the greatest last season. And I think like my new one is definitely Heather Gay, who I am obsessed yeah, with. Yeah. Oh but my Shannon God. Shannon has a piece well, of my heart. Yes, duh. It's Heather Gay. Actually, the way she talked about her divorce was very, mm. uh, actually was very dead on to how I felt mm-hmm. about my divorce. So that, that I really like, you're right. I've totally forgot about Heather. Um, she's not listening, but uh, sorry, Heather. 
but yeah, she said things that, that I was like completely related to. And even mm. just how she viewed herself, I always kind of viewed myself growing up as an outsider or potentially a nerd. And that seems like how she really came into the season was like, she, she had that energy. And I was very, I'm a very aware of that sort of energy from, from, from being me. Can I ask you a question? Did you watch Bravo during your marriage? Did you, did you come yep. to Bravo? They, well, I was, it? I was 15. I, I, I watched OC premiere 15 years ago. I, I mean, I was the guy, I, I love reality shows uh, like real world, then survivor, then uh, uh, Bravo started all their stuff. Like I watched NYC prep when it first aired, I watched like, yeah. and the thing was my, my ex didn't bring me to that. Like that was me. This is wow. what I knew I liked. I mean, I used to watch teen mom all the time. I, I really loved reality shows yeah. from the beginning. So mm -hmm. I, I never understood why I loved the house. And I think that's an ongoing question that I keep asking myself, mm -hmm. but like, you know, when you know, you're like, Oh, this, yeah. feels, this feels good. You know, you don't get to choose who you love. You know what the heart wants, what the heart wants. The heart and, wants um, what it wants. I know I, I, I don't want to keep you too long, but I do. I, I would be remiss if I didn't get to hear quick thoughts on summer house. Oh my God. Summer House is, we deserve this season. Yeah, it's so nice. We need it. I have so many questions about what's going on with Hannah. I am so impressed with Kyle and how he behaved just in this last episode where like he really could have doubled down on some of his behavior from seasons prior. And yeah. he did seem to be pretty measured and grounded and watching a man express vulnerability in the ways that he did and like crying in his fiance. He's cried like two times each episode for the last four episodes. It's been multiple. So I'm just like, this is my like little, like, Oh my, like not a giggle, <laughs> but like a, Oh my God, like Kyle, this is wonderful. Like just watching a man express sadness and not have that turn necessarily into pure rage is lovely to see. And I like how his, who would have known that his relationship with Amanda would get to the place from where, I believe where it. we began? Where, where, where I, I totally believe, believe it. it. I totally like, believe it. You know, it's like when I, I keep saying this as an example is that like, I will never trust a thing that Jax Taylor ever says again for the rest mm -hmm. of his life. Like mm -hmm. not, you, he could say anything and I just automatically go now, nah. but Kyle, I'm, if he's lying, then I'm, uh, I, I buy it hook, line and sinker. I believe that he's fully in love with Amanda. I totally agree. And I also, I love, Hannah, I really do enjoy her quite a bit. I, I wonder how much her anxiety about filming and how she will be seen and portrayed has affected her when it comes to some of her responses to things on the show in the sense of like, these people must be living in so much anxiety because it's a new show and it just sort of relatively recently broke out. And you went from heightened, uh, performative summer house yada yada three days a week to seven 24 7 and you're in a global pandemic and all of that together I mean I would be losing my mind and so trying to understand how that may factor or may not entirely is is interesting and also the Luke stuff I mean my god we're in the, I mean, but you know, you said it really beautifully about Hannah and, and really gave her a lot of grace there. And in my head, I'm like, she sucks this season. She sucks. <laughs> oh my God. She, she's having one of the biggest flame outs I've ever seen on a Bravo mm -hmm. show. And each, each week, it seems like it gets worse. Like, like Kyle didn't bring up her dad yet. She's like, stop bringing up my dad. Like it was amazing. 
You know, I just started doing on Clubhouse <laughs> Bravo Fight Night, which is hosted. No, when is that? Nice, it's hosted. Well, we're like, eh, we haven't like quite settled on a. Maybe it'll be Sunday ish. <laughs> so, like, well, it sounds Club amazing. Bravo. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's wonderful. But it's um, uh, Dylan Hefer from Bravo by oh, I love and Dylan, myself. Yes. So we just did the first Bravo fight night where we do a fight of the week. We talk about a moment that we both were like, oh, my God. And then talk about classic fights, disagreements, production drama, whatever, in and out of the Housewives universe. And my fight of the week this past week was like Hannah versus her selective short-term memory because that was a crazy moment. She when she goes in like, the other room and Paige goes, so who brought the data up? And she goes, oh, I mean, I, I guess I brought it up. And I'm like that, you just, you just knocked your own argument out of it. Like it, it was, it was amazing. Also, if I was Kyle experiencing that where she's like gaslighting her own memory to use against him and then she runs out crying saying like something along the lines of like you don't bring up family i would be in such a panic thinking that all of the cast members would think i had said something shitty about her yes. family member and will they believe me when i tell them i didn't like i would have i would have curdled i would be the cast member that would go around and be like well you'll you'll see it when it airs i didn't say anything you'll see you'll see they filmed oh, it yeah. i did not say any like i would keep using i'd be like they filmed it you'll see that i didn't do anything wrong you'll see you know or that old classic it was the editing yeah, it was the I, bad edit, bro. I can already bad tell edit. I'm getting a bad edit. The the Hannah thing is, it's it almost reminds me a little bit to draw a comparison to what we talked about at the beginning is Jen Shaw and saying like, you know, mm. almost like, it's like you're now, it, it almost is like going into this defense mechanism that is almost not earned. Like mm -hmm. kind of almost doing this like female defense mechanism of just straight to tears, <laughs> straight to tears. Like, well, it, you know. And this we is Women's History people. Month. So Women's History Month. And <laughs> I wanted to bring good. it back around That's to that. Good. That's good. Um, but by the way, it is Women's History Month. And you did actually, I believe you brought all of these people together as you do, where you got a lot of like Bravo accounts and podcasters and stuff like that. And we're able to highlight so many female voices that uh, that is you, correct? It was a group effort of okay. 20, yeah, 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 yeah. 20 women content creators in the Bravo community who were all who all came together and we did this fun little social media photo yada that you can see on my Instagram and, and yeah. all of theirs where we were just celebrating all women in the Bravo community and really um, uh, uh, sharing other accounts of other women content creators that we highly encourage that people support because it is important, as we said at the beginning of the episode, that when we are talking and having a conversation about women's lives and voices that we are doing so with women at the center of the conversation. So, um, so thank you. And it was a, no, it was really it was cool. like, um, you guys go check it out because she highlights podcasts. She highlights, yeah. uh, uh, meme pages. You know, yep. there is like a wealth of information, writer, girls, shops, superheroes, yeah, shock superheroes, jocks, um, real world know, OG cast members. I, yeah. I was saying this, uh, earlier is that I say that like, is that I didn't even realize like the first couple of weeks they, I went back and I was like thinking of the guests and they were primarily all females. And what I think is really cool about podcasting is that it's one of the genres that I believe highlights very specific female voices to where like mm. it, to me, podcasting is a female powerhouse genre, or maybe mm. it's just in this, the genre and what we talk about and pop culture. But I, on a weekly basis, will talk to mainly primarily females that just like, knock me out. Like, just like, holy shit. Like guys don't even hold a candle 
in the podcasting genre, you know? I mean, I'm not going to disagree with that. I did, but you know what? I want to also, I'm not including you in this. I mean, including a lot of the other voices that you (laughs) highlighted. And that's why it's important to go follow Sarah. Um, Okay. We got it. We got to close, but we got to go. We got to go. But the, the thing I just, the Jersey thing, you started, that's going to stick in my mind about primarily like about making it uh, about the females. These shows are about when Mm. I was just thinking about Jersey, how we always like high five each other about the guys on Jersey, you know, like how we were like, Oh, those guys, when they get to get Bill Aiden, you know, I mean, they now have the husbands participating with confessionals for the after show. And I love to see it. I think the <laughs> marriage and and the voices of the husbands on New Jersey is so important. I love all of them. There's not a husband I dislike on Jersey right now. I genuinely love all of them. Yeah. They're all so different. I love when they get together for drinks. I love it. Because you said, I love because, how they talk about their wives. You sense it's real. You know it's real. You know oh, those conversations totally real. are real. It's like there's totally nothing real. It, and it's very different than like PK talking to Mauricio or you know, mm. it's like that that vibe is so real. And that's why I, I want to highlight audiences. We know our shit. Like, and you can yeah. sense, and that's why it, you know, are you a is it true? Are you a Carl gal or a Luke gal? Oh Summer House. Um I mean, technically I'm, I'm neither, but I'm also a hundred percent, 1000 million percent team Carl, like Carlito for days. I think he's wonderful. And his journey and evolution is very attractive. And the fact that he's <laughs> gotten his shit together and is still very emotionally vulnerable and watching his experience. And obviously the tragedy that he's gone through that got captured by cameras and how he has stayed so resilient and strong and, you know, redoubling down in his sobriety. I, and he's also very attractive. (laughs) By the way, that was my little interview technique. Hey, is it true that you like Carl or you like, I was like really trying to get her there. Um, Oh, she's there. She's there. You guys, the podcast is called Andy's girls. You got to go subscribe. Like I told you, if you didn't do it at the beginning, obviously you're, you're not respecting what I asked. Go subscribe, (laughs) Uh, go rate it five stars. Uh, There is something. And I I know she's going to have some changes coming up. So, you know, go follow her on Instagram and she'll keep us posted with all of the important things, join her Patreon, everything. But, you know, it's all just kind of one community. So um, the, the, any success is all of our successes. So the fact that you guys are out there listening to any of us is just a huge thank you. Is there anything I'm, I'm forgetting, Sarah? Thank you. You're, I'm so appreciative. Oh, this stop. is such a joy. Oh. You're so wonderful. Oh, thank you. How, oh, can I come please. back every day? I'm dead serious. <laughs> I am very available. So no, by the way, know. that's just, this is, uh, we only did an hour and 15. So, cause I'm like, I could have done two hours standing on my head. So that means you'll just have to come back in like a month or two. Oh my so. God. And you need to come back to Andy Scrolls Cause I had so any much time, fun on our episode. Any, uh, any time, but see, I feel like you're saving the world. So I don't know when I can come back and really offer something of value you when you're actually having these roundtable discussions and oh my really god, are the, you kidding getting no, to the I'm heart also, of the matter no. as don henley says you know oh my god no i literally will shoot i uh, no <laughs> somebody i'm so great with words ryan don't Someone. edit this out ryan don't edit this out i want to get her tripping over her tongue don't edit don't edit this out um sarah we will uh we'll talk to you next time done betches